Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 186, and today we'll be talking about the season finale of OKKO, You're in Control. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So, Mr. Jones Cordy, not afraid to mess with the status quo a little bit. <laughs> no, uh, just like we've had a lot of shakeups recently in Steven Universe, this, you know, finale pretty much pushed us into, I don't know about another era of OKKO, but uh, definitely changing up the main antagonist and changing up, uh, you know, KO's own status is a pretty big deal. Oh, do not even get me started about KO's status. I saw, yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, <laughs> GC is very disturbed, by the way. The leveling system works. <laughs> it doesn't work. I, I, I think... I mean, as uh, Succulentus would put it, it only confuses what is real. It's pretty difficult to understand why uh, KO is being so held back (laughs) on his power level. I mean, no one else, all these people with way higher power levels, you know, totally got destroyed by a little baby. And, you know, I think he should be higher than one. Yeah, I thought he had reached at least level two from all of his grinding with Hero back in A Hero's Fate. And to find out that he doesn't hit level one until getting TKO's powers and then quickly defeating a villain that even TKO couldn't finish off. It's like, really? (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. They're definitely not going for any kind of understandable realistic angle (laughs) with how the grading works uh it's definitely not a you know like one punch man type scenario that felt a little more although in that case you know our hero still got unfairly underrated i think that okko might be going with the misunderstanding of dragon ball z there's a there's a common belief among dragon ball z fans that the creator put in power levels so that they could be wrong not only does that make no sense that's also (laughs) not what he said he put in power levels so that the Reader could easily understand which enemies were stronger. Um, I, I think the people think that he said he put them in there because they were wrong because he said that for dramatic tension, he made it so that the heroes can like fight above their power level. But so they could, oh yeah, he's twice twice my power level. I'm gonna have to dig deep to beat him. You know, so you can have that kind of a situation going on. But the power level is reliable for something. Yeah, in this case, it's definitely just a plot motivator and not really an indication of our heroes. I mean, I I haven't ever really felt like I understood what they meant anyway. Like, we have the examples of Enid and Rad, and okay, like, Enid's one above Rad. But, like, yeah, they still got easily, easily thwomped (laughs) by baby Bowser. So, you know. (sighs) I I guess that, I guess the... Answer is to not think about it, because the writers certainly do not care about the power levels. No. But, even though that's not so well developed, man, I just loved the just beautiful, dynamic, constantly moving animation in this episode. Oh, the fight scenes were fantastic. Yeah, we've had more fighting in this than probably any other OKKO episode, but also just like every chance to make it interesting they did it's really hard to capture like uh you know they just decided in every environment so many different environments that they fight in from the parking lot to deep underneath like boxman's lair like just so good and then just every weapon combination and punch thrown like oh man (laughs) definitely i mean tko came to play and i 
He was definitely dictating the pace of that fight, but Boxman Jr. wasn't backing down. No. I I liked the introduction of Boxman Jr. I don't understand how Boxman took this long to make this competent of a robot. And also, this is a really competent robot. So, how? I mean, Boxman's able to make robots of level negative 100. He did it just for funsies because he was tired of KO being the hero on the news. So, basically, the plaza exists as long as Boxman allows it to exist. Yeah, maybe it's one of those things where the villain's got to have a world to destroy type thing. You know, can't ever actually destroy your enemy. But yeah, I liked it. I like the choice for him to not talk or anything like that. I mean, obviously he's a baby, but... He's got the get wrecked blocks. Yeah, it. but it contributes to a sort of like feeling that it's definitely a tougher enemy than before. But also, instead of it being just like a brute force strong, you know, the negative level 100 or like having all these crazy powers. It's just, he's just a little more intelligent, a little more reactive. Not so, not like all of his siblings who would make other types of choices or have emotional reactions to things. It's a cool choice. Well, Ernesto did a pretty good job in that fight. I mean, Dendi basically had to brute force him into submission. Yeah. So I'm just saying some of the, some of the box war bots know what they're doing. Uh, which Daryl, okay, so we start off the episode, we're not really sure why Daryl is in this hive mind. Have we seen that before? Where there, This is the first time there's like hundreds of copies of Daryl's walking around doing stuff, right? Well, they've it, they've played with the hive mind thing before, like he throws Daryl Daryl's head into the furnace and then a new Daryl comes off the assembly line and continues their conversation. Right, I always thought there was just one at a time though, so this is kind of a new thing, I guess. Yeah, they they haven't pinned down exactly uh, what the deal is uh, with with the hive mind, what exactly its limitations are. But there is a preview for one of the next episodes in which uh, Lord Cowboy Daryl refers to the other Daryls as lesser Daryls. So mm. there is some separation of consciousness there. Yeah, that's interesting. I also, since I haven't seen that promo, it's kind of good to know that they're going to keep that idea going because it wasn't really important in this episode, but obviously is setting it up for the future so that he has a whole bunch of henchmen kind of like him who understand him well. Oh, but let's see here. So Daryl uh, actually does a, well, I mean, he's got robots blowing up for no good reason, but the factory is still getting run is the important part. I mean, frankly, I don't know why Ernesto isn't helping him out. That's just weird. I don't know. We'll see what kind of roles all of the siblings adopt. <laughs> Will they really accept him as their new daddy? I don't know. I mean, the the promo answers basically every question you could have about what's going to happen, like, in the immediate aftermath of this episode. I'm just saying. I'll have to check it out <laughs> right after. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh. I mean, the, they set up some enticing questions, and they're not going to be questions for long. Uh, just for anyone, anyone who wants to stay unspoiled oh shoot well now you're making me think that maybe our favorite boxman's demise (laughs) is quickly undone but uh i'll have to wait and see if that's the case but let's see so getting back to like kind of the ko side of the story i thought just the narrative over the whole episode about ko trying to finally get control obviously based on the name of the episode control of ko uh tko's powers where is the source of that is it out of 
that he recognizes he needs to use this power and that's the only it's a good source of power that he doesn't seem to otherwise be able to tap into so he's like got to be able to control tko because that's where my real power lies or is it something kind of maliciously hinted at where uh, there's like a mixture of personality happening where ko is starting to open up to this other side of himself and it's not a side that values friendship or teamwork or anything else well the source of his turbonic energy is his anger and you see he got quickly got angry to swat away the noogie hand but then he goes right back to good old happy ko yeah well and then we also have his incredibly menacing looking <laughs> shadow coming oh, through yeah and then that that is goofy <laughs> little boy face yeah <laughs> So I don't know if this is like a, it doesn't feel like a Adventure Time Sweet Pea type scenario with like an incredible evil <laughs> locked behind a sweet exterior, but I don't know. Like, where does this go from here? Do yeah. we deal with TKO battling for control again? Or or what's exactly the nature of the deal that KO's made with TKO that we see with the chains or whatever? Well, let's see here. Two episodes, I think, The Perfect Meal and Hope This Flies. I don't know if they've aired, but they've hit the app. And they are actually technically from season two. So we know that whatever happens to KO, it doesn't happen in the short term. Hmm. It's it's more of a long-term change, if anything. Yeah. It'll just be interesting to see what, you know, what the show thinks is the best approach to tko's powers because obviously you know like in this episode he beat the villain but he didn't do it by actually having to rely on his friends he only had to assure enid and rad that yeah i can handle this will you guys trust me to handle it on my own and then we got to hear the theme song coming in you always know it's getting real when you hear the theme song oh and it tied in so well and even more than using the song the fact that launching <laughs> launching Foxman into space actually went through the title yeah <laughs> words was pretty funny uh and the uh you're going to be fired from a cannon that joke <laughs> never gets old <laughs> yeah so i i'm wondering like does daryl Daryl must expect something about his dad's, you know, hardiness because, he, you know, at the beginning he says uh, that he needs to find something totally evil to make his dad respect him. So I still think in his mind, I don't think he was actually trying to replace his dad. I mean, did he get that mad? Because it seems like he still cares about his respect of his dad and love more than he would replacing him as boss. I think he just assumes that he's earned Boxman's grudging respect and, uh, I mean, because he's used to Boxman showing him no love at all, so I guess he can see that wherever he wants to. Yeah, it'll be... I, again, I love the aesthetic <laughs> of the new Daryl. Um, that's yes. just going to be so funny, so I really hope that it doesn't get resolved too soon and that he reverts back to, you know, wanting to pander to his dad or whatever. I mean, limited edition Cowboy Daryl looked kind of kind of goofy, but Lord Cowboy Daryl looks amazing. <laughs> I I just this is something I love about OKKO OK is just everything happens so fast in the episode and yet it's always like each surprise is so funny and like it's not just the fact that it just happened and oh it's random but like it is truly hilarious for the shot to just suddenly go back on daryl and he's completely decked out with his like (laughs) daddy belt and everything like that's just so good and there's lots of moments like that in this episode and all okko episodes but i i just 
that style. I love it so much. Yeah, I got a good laugh. <laughs> I, I like Dendi having to provide emotional care to Ko when they're doing the experiment. It's like, okay, Ko, everything's everybody loves you, Ko. <laughs> I like how consistently still there's always cheering. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Dendi comes back on screen. I, I mean, that's how I feel. Yay, it's Dendi. <laughs> I know it's like it never gets old, which is crazy. Um, it's just so funny. But yeah, she or Denny has an interesting role now as far as I guess we're over that Denny's clearly not manipulating KO anymore, but having to push him into TKO is still kind of a weird thing for them to be doing without telling anyone else. But I guess her intents are good. I thought it was really funny when they were accidentally pushing KO into TKO and you know, they're they're trying to be like, No, you know, you're just a kid. And she's like, That'll do it. <laughs> Yeah, I like that that anger, though, uh, they sort of it's kind of weird having to balance that like inner TKO. Is it a separate entity? Is it just another manifestation of a part of KO? But I just love seeing him deal with that insecurity. Like, that's just so relatable <laughs> um, for kids to not feel like they're good enough. And I appreciate that. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see, like, do people actually start getting the lesson like now? OK, I guess Enid and Rad get that they need to back off KO, but how far will that go? I mean, will it become anger again if they bring something out? Like, sure, he batted away their hands this time, but does that go farther another time? I don't know. Hmm. He's already kind of stronger than them at this point. That's kind of a weird status quo. I mean, what do you think for the next season? If he can defeat a villain, they can't. Where does that put their relationship? Well, technically, he's only level one, and they're levels two and three. But then again, that level one just beat up somebody. I mean, he he made it look easy when, like, merged KO, TKO, killed Boxman Jr. They made it look easy, whereas Boxman Jr. beat two level 11s and made it look easy. Yeah, I did. Another thing I enjoyed... Like the fight, the fact that as TKO, it wasn't just like this overpowered, easily destroyed. The fact that it actually needs that balance was kind of a good thing for us to see. Because that way it's not just like Avatar State, yip yip, destruction. <laughs> um, but at uh. the same time, like even with his combined powers, Boxman Jr. was still kind of intelligent enough to deflect a few attacks and, you know, thrash him around the room. So uh, it's definitely not a trump card going forward for him to just be able to control these powers even if it was tko fully or not but the tenacity that tko showed because in most episodes once they knock the robot back to boxmore that's that's the end of the attack and as we saw with that it's a lot easier to knock the robot back to boxmore than it is to finish the robot off <laughs> yeah that's true uh, that's probably another part of it is they normally don't actually destroy the robot they just kind of knock him back and then they're done fighting so I, I thought that was actually really good for showing off the the power distinctions there because all the heroes need to do is get the upper hand for part of the fight and then boom fights over whereas the to actually end the robot you need to keep the upper hand for a while and that was something not even tko could manage only only their merged form could yeah I just thought of something kind of weirdly tangential, which is when we were talking about the hive mind, you know, we actually see <laughs> since Boxman Jr. was defeated that they have this little funeral for him. He's not immediately rebooted after he gets destroyed by KO. Like, I wonder 
if that's part of the reason why it was a little more powerful of a robot. It wasn't dependent on that repeatable thing. He's got that biochip in him, so that's part of what makes him so good. And he only had the one. Yeah, that makes sense. I like when they have details like that, that they actually thought out, oh yeah, here's the chip, and this is kind of a single-use type thing. I don't know, all that build-up to something that they resolve in just one episode, I mean, even an epic two-parter, and that epic two-parter that itself leads us into a different status quo change, but I mean, how does that make Professor Venomous look? I'm gonna give you this biochip that'll make this thing the strongest, you know, robot alive, or however exactly he phrased it, and then... Oh, still killed in one episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much more powerful of villains we're going to see as a threat, but our heroes can barely handle this one. So it's fine if it's kind of controlled for now. Um, I don't know who's going to be leading the innovation on robots, though. I mean, is Daryl really going to have the intelligence to keep making better bots? Or is he just going to be economically selling off stuff to villains i don't know yeah i don't i don't think daryl has what it takes to design a new robot i think they're stuck with whatever designs they already had in production i mean Boxman was kind of the lab man on that another weird thought i sort of had which i'm sure people have thought about before is as far as dealing with and maybe i'd gonna be proven wrong because there's a promo out but uh you know boxman being thrown into the sun kind of made me think well how what are ways he could come back now robots would probably also completely blow up and be destroyed in the sun but if boxman was relying on some of that magic backup hive mind type tech and he was part robot that could be a way for him to come back it'd be an interesting revelation about boxman too because you know when we saw like flashbacks of him and he was still robotic that kind of hinted something weird <laughs> about him or at least with the fake eye and cut out part I, we don't know how much bionic how bionic he is versus organic but it'd be interesting to see that play back into his return i could be wrong though maybe <laughs> okay okay gc you should watch the promo it uh, it explains everything pretty well Oh my goodness. Okay, well, I guess I'll get an answer to that, but that's my speculation. So, any anything else about you're in control? When does season two come? Well, aside from the two episodes we've already seen, I don't know about the scheduling of new episodes. But they already have promos out, so it's not, like, months away, probably. Maybe it takes three months, who knows? <laughs> Maybe. I just get the impression from the promo that they're assuming that three months have passed in between you're in control and the episode's airing again, so we'll see. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I can always go back and rewatch it. <laughs> this season one. It's quite long now. We have a lot of content. All of season one is unlocked on the app last time I checked. Oh, hey, that's cool. Oh, yeah, I checked. It's It's all there. Uh, so, I guess that's it for us on You're in Control. Join us next week. We'll be talking about your mother and mine in honor of it airing on television. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.